0: Hello and welcome back to the Thunder 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be giving you guys a game recap of yesterday's duel between the Thunder and the Pelicans. I'm sorry for not getting this uploaded. Normally I'm able to get these posted like at 6am Eastern Time, but I just really didn't feel like doing a podcast last night um for obvious reasons but yeah i i just didn't want to do it i i'm actually recording this like on thursday which i don't normally do but whatever so yeah i'm gonna be going over the game some of the best players and just how we were able to take this one so Going into the game, obviously we uh we've already played these guys before. Last time we played them, I believe we ended up losing by 30 plus. So we wanted to kind of bounce back in this one. And at the beginning stages of the game, we certainly did. We started four or five from the three point range. And the only way that the Pelicans were making buckets early were through Zion. He was kind of just playing volleyball on Darius Baisley inside. And it's one of those things where. Baisley can have good positioning and all that, but he's 70 pounds less than Zion, so he's going to get pushed around, and Zion will be able to have some good shots. The thing was, I mean, we were sticking to threes, they were sticking to Zion, Zion continued to play well in the first wall, our shooting efforts were not. We started 4 of 5 from 3, but then we went 0 of 5, and... The Pelicans took huge advantage of this, and they went on a 12-0 run to claim the lead due to us just not being able to hit. And the Pelicans were up 34-28 by the end of the first quarter. For the Thunder, 17 of the team's 25 field goal attempts in that first quarter came from the three-point range, so 68% of our shots were from downtown. And we only ended up hitting six of those, by the way, but... Yeah, obviously we were just living and dying by that three ball, and then the only other thing I was really helping us out was fast break points, I think we had maybe like nine in the first quarter, but for the Pelicans, we kind of all expected this, they, uh, they were just trying to force their way down low, we know they dropped 54 points in the first matchup between the Pelicans and the Thunder this year, so... They knew what the game plan would be, and I think the Thunder probably knew as well, but we just could could not really um could not really stop it early on, and that led to us giving up a lot of very, very free buckets to them. And Zion, he was four or five in that quarter in six minutes. Steven Adams was a little bit silent, he only had one bucket to go. Um, but they also had guys like Jackson Hayes chipping in inside as well. So that's where they got their 16 points of the paint from. In the second quarter, the Thunder went on a 21-7 to run to start it out. And they took a 47-41 lead with just over 6 to go in the second. And you may be wondering how they were able to take that big of a jump. It starts with Diallo. Diallo is the firepower off the bench that we need. And I think people have kind of started hating on him because he doesn't have that consistent shot. I'm I'm becoming a big fan because he is kicking out when necessary, and then when he has the lane, he'll keep taking it in on you. And he had seven points in the first six minutes of that second quarter. Another dude who did really well uh, early on was Isaiah Roby. He had a corner three and got a quick, quick uh, putback in those first six, and then... He was drawing charges on Zion again, just like that first song. And then Maladon and Muscala were great. They were hitting uh, threes as well. So that's where you got the 21-7 run. But then the Pelicans returned with a 12-0 run right after that to uh, regain that six-point lead that they had. So they were up 53-47 to with three left in the second quarter. For the Pelicans in this first half, they were still pretty reliant on guys like Zion to uh, get where they wanted. He had 14 points in the first half, as well as Brandon Ingram. He got blistering hot from the mid range. He was 6 of 9 in that first half with 14. And then Lonzo Ball, surprisingly, he was 2 of 3 from downtown, and he had 10 points. So it was kind of their uh, three-headed monster they had going on. Guys like Bledsoe were chipping in a bit. But those were your three main players, and for the Thunder, it was really, uh, it was really about some of these other guys. Like we had people like Mike Muscala chipping in some points. Hamidou Diallo. It wasn't the big names that you would kind of typically be expecting around uh, around a halftime. Our leading scorer was actually Hamidou Diallo. He had nine points in eleven minutes by half. George Hill was solid. He was 3 of 8, but he also put up 8 points. It was just a real even spread. It wasn't like we had anybody in double figures at that point. Just a huge group effort there to keep us around in the game come that second half. But we were just shooting a ton of threes. We shot 29 in that first half. And I don't know what the record was, but I know we tied... A three-point record earlier this year and a half I think 29 was kind of close to whatever mark that was for the Pelicans they just weren't shooting threes it was all about going inside they only shot eight three balls in that first half and then they had 26 points in the paint so they kind of got a little bit limited from that first quarter so that's a bit of a step up for us there but anyways going into this third quarter Darius Baisley made 11 points in the first two minutes of the quarter. And behind him, we were able to jump out to an 18-2 run to start things out in this quarter. So we took a double-digit 72-61 lead. And if you want to include the next two minutes of that first, so through four minutes, of that third quarter, Basley had 15 points on six of eight shooting. He was able to get his way inside. He was kind of lingering back on some of those defensive rebounds and like just sprinting up court for some easy fast break buckets. And then he was still pulling up too. So he looked really, really good in that uh, in those opening stages. And this was one of his first times where Dagnall kind of just wanted him to get the ball over and over because we've seen him get hot. But then just have to dish it off. So I like that uh, he was able to kind of continue on with his streak. The only way the Pelicans were able to find their way out of this drought. Was Zion Williamson driving inside. And Ingram also was keeping it going with his mid-range pull-ups. But even with Zion and Ingram. They were not able to kind of take back the lead that they had given up. The Thunder were up. 88-78 88-78 going into the 4th. And SGA and Baisley in this 3rd quarter combined for 25 points. The Pelicans in that 3rd quarter only had 19 points. So heading into the 4th. It looked like the Thunder were pretty set. But that was when the Pelicans took a quick 9-0 run to start out their quarter. But we had some return fire mike muscala went ahead and dropped three straight triples in a span of 45 seconds to take back our 10 point lead but the issue was after muscala hit his threes he got his rolls was super duper limited and he was not given any more chances to shoot and the pelicans took major advantage Going on a 12-0 run to get a 99-97 lead with four minutes and 16 seconds to go. And in the final four minutes, there were a total of five lead changes and three ties. And going into this final play, the Thunder were actually up 111 to 110 because George Hill was he uh he got to the free throw line in the previous possession. He drained both free throws. And we were up. So it all came down to a buzzer beater situation for the Pelicans. And this was that final play. Ingram trying to lose him. It's going to be Nikhil for the win. Stays out and that'll do it. Oklahoma City wins it by a point. So as you guys heard in that final play, it came down to a three-pointer from Nikhil Alexander Walker. He was left wide open. Completely shanked it from downtown. And then there was a huge scramble for the loose ball. Adams came up with it. The issue was he was swarmed by like three OKC guys and he couldn't even get a shot off in time. So the Thunder were able to escape this one 111 to 110. Starting with the Pelicans though, this was Steven Adams' first career triple double. He had 10 points, 11 boards, and 10 assists. In 34 minutes, and I am a little bit heartbroken that he never had one in OKC. I'm surprised. Like, I feel like if he would have had one, it would have been with us, but I guess not. He was kind of just manning the middle a lot. He was setting a lot of screens, and he was kind of giving a lot of dump-off passes to guys like Brandon Ingram for those easy assists. Zion Williamson was their key scorer, and he really kept them in the game for all four quarters. He had 29 points on 12 of 17 shooting, six boards, an assist, and three steals. He was just maneuvering his way in because Baisley just was not big enough for him. And of course, he's not going to pass that down. He has no sympathy for Baisley. His job is to score points. And if that means having a clown, Basley just driving into him over and over, he'll do that. And I think clown's probably a bad word because Baisley was not playing terrible defense on him. It's just, as previously mentioned, when you're at such a weight and strength disadvantage, you're going to be giving up a lot of points if they are, you know, if a guy like Zion's trying to take it on you 17 times. Brandon Ingram... Also did well, he had 24 points, um, 9 of 15 shooting, and 11 rebounds as well as 4 assists. So all all mid-range pull-ups from him, and we'll take that because he didn't even hit a 3 in this game. 0 of 2 from 3, Adams and Zion, no surprise, they didn't even shoot any, but their 3 main dudes were not shooting the ball. They had other people like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he had 13, he also didn't make a 3. Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe. Ball had 15. Bledsoe had 13. And I mean they were they were doing solid, but just not any three balls hitting for any of them. And for the Thunder, our leading scorer was SGA, as I predicted. It's not even a hot take, really, because SGA shooting up 17 shots. Like he's going to be putting up points. He had 21 points, 5 boards, 9 assists, and a career-high 5 steals in this ball game. And something that I loved from him was he was still trying to jack up shots from 3. And he's been struggling, and this was a game where he still struggled. He was 2 of 7 from 3. But I'm happy that he was actually taking them when defenses were sagging off on him. And even though SGA did really well... Like, 21 points as well as 5 steals. That's kind of what I want to amplify. I still think my player of the game would be Darius Baisley because his little run that he had going in the third quarter, dropping 15 in the first 4 minutes, that's really what propelled us to get a victory here. Without that run of his, this would have been another rematch deja vu scenario where we have all our bench dudes out for 12 minutes and we lose by like 30 points. Bazley had 20 points on 8 of 20 shooting, 3 of 11 from downtown, and he also tied his season high in rebounds with 12, also chipped in 3 assists and a steal, but he was just all over the place, and he was showing such good flashes of potential in this one. He was playing iso ball, and every time he shot it, it looked like the shot was going in. There wasn't one shot where it went off his hands and everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's breaking it. Maybe one time out of these 20 shots, but the rest, I was confident he was hitting them. And when he's that close, every time he's shooting it, he's going to have more than 20 points if he's shooting it 20 times in a game. So he has improved game after game. I'd say these past three or four games, he has improved in every single one of them. He started the year cold. I think he shot three of 14 in the Orlando Magic game uh, that we we played like two weeks ago. And then from then, he's just been playing better and better. And now, season high in points with 20, finally reached that mark, and tied a season high with 12 boards. And I want to mention that, guys... I predicted this. I told you this would be the game. He'd hit twenty points in my game preview. Um I, I'm kinda sad that he didn't outscore SGA. Like, it felt like he basically was just hitting more shots, but I don't know. Maybe I was just seeing things because he got them all in that one bunch in the third, but I think I really like what I saw from him in his minutes and I expect some more situations where he's just given the green light to be the main dude other people you got guys like mike muscala and george hill these were also two guys i mentioned in the preview i said watch out for sga and Baisley, and then role players like muscala and george hill will go off they both went off mike muscala 18 points of six of nine shooting he was five of seven from three he had three rebounds and one assist but wow he got back to his form of not missing any of his threes he was struggling a bit in the past couple of games but he got his act together and made the pelicans pay that 9-0 run he orchestrated by himself in 45 minutes was on the same type of level as Baisley's 15 point run he completely took over the game and it gave us the momentum back to fight our way through this one and for george hill he had 13 points four of nine shooting uh three of seven from downtown as well as three boards four assists and two steals he was a major factor in this fourth quarter i know i kind of glimpsed over what happened in that fourth but really we found all our scoring off of sga layups and george hill shots as well as getting to the free throw line so he knew exactly what to do in the late game situations. He crushed it, and then he was also giving our guys pointers on the sideline while, you know, the game was in the final stages of the game. And those pointers very well could have helped us to this victory. So credit does need to go to George Hill. We had no other double-digit scores beyond those guys, but Diallo, um, he really didn't shoot after that first half. He had nine points at the end of the first half, didn't score at all in the second half. Ludort only had nine, Horford had eight. The rest of the players that we had, Williams, Roby, and Maladon, they all were pretty quiet in the second half as well because we had our major group of guys out on the floor for the final stages of this one. Cannot complain with the result we had in this game. And I think the key reasons why we ended up winning this one is we were passing the ball out to the hot hand pretty much every time we got the chance. One thing that OKC continued to do in the first 6 games was when people got hot, they just took the ball right away from them. Whether it be subbing them out of the game or giving the ball back to SGA, if someone was orchestrating their own run, they they lost their opportunity not because they got cold, but because of something like a coaching decision and Dagnall was kind of easing up on it. He saw guys like Bazley Muscala starting to do well, and he wanted to make them the focal point of the offense for just a few minutes and see where it took us, and it took us to the promised land in this one. Those runs saved this game. If we, after Baisley scored like six or eight points, If we took the ball away from him and made SGA start to play half-court offense again, we would have lost this game because I don't think the production Baisley gave in that third quarter would have been reputable by SGA. I don't think the three Mike Muscala tray balls in 45 seconds could have been replicated by SGA. I know SGA is our primary dude, but at times, he doesn't need to be taking the ball up every time. If someone else is doing well, you get the ball in his hands and you let that guy take stuff over. People like Diallo, Basley, Muscala, they're in that category. Hill, Dort, hell, even Horford when he's hot from three. Everyone has that capability of getting hot, and we need to feed the hot hand. That's what we did in this one, and that was the major part of the game. Another thing, scoring in the fast break. It's so obvious Running the half court for 48 minutes is not a great thing for us. That's how we get those low percentages from the field. And that's why entering this game, we were the worst ranked team in terms of points per game. We came in averaging just a hair over 100 a night. Going into this fast break saved us because we used to have all five of our dudes try to crash the glass and it resulted in not having anyone back on the other side. It, really what it was is if a dude like Diallo soared in and got his own rebound, he'd try to take it coast to coast. There wasn't any outlet passes to a fast break. In this one, there most definitely was. We had one or two guys always running back on these Pelican shots. And it gave us the buckets we needed because our bigs were getting the boards and chucking it down court for wide open looks. We had 27 points in the fast break which I believe is our season high and the Pelicans they just were not able to keep up with that kind of stuff they were taking a lot of awkward shots that put them in susceptible situations to get killed on the fast break and I'll go into that on my next point we kept them ice cold from the three-point line the Pelicans only shot four of 22 from three in this game That's 18%. And what is that going to do to the Pelicans? That's going to make them pretty much only play in the mid-range and on the inside. And it worked pretty well for them because they were one shot away from taking this one from us. Brandon Ingram was getting hot from the mid-range. Zion was dominant inside. Adams was able to facilitate for open looks. They got the ball rolling. But they were hitting it from twos. And whenever we're jacking up threes, the math just works out. Threes are more than twos are. And if we're making threes and they're making twos, if we're hitting them at a high enough clip, we were going to take this game. And that's how we did it. Hitting those threes compared to them solely playing inside. And it also allowed for those fast break points, as I mentioned a bit earlier, because when they're chucking these moving middies, and nobody's outside on the perimeter because we simply are not guarding them, we're going to have guys being able to run out, and then it's a a sprinting contest to the finish line. These layups inside and mid-range jumpers do not have the same bounce and hang time as the threes. It's really not that hard to explain, but whenever there's not as much airtime, there's not enough time for these pelicans people to react and go back on our thunder players and the thunder players get this huge step advantage on the way on these fast breaks because of how down low the pelicans guys are grounded we can get our one to two guys sneaking up court without anybody noticing and then we can get the two free buckets and force them to have to replicate what they did in the last play but instead of bricking it they had to make that shot. So the pressure got applied to them early because they couldn't hit shots from deep. And that's how we got on big runs like we did. But other than that, guys, that is going to do it for me. I will make sure to talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.